Hi guys, this is Tuti Gogia. In case you are listening this voice for the very first time, you can go check out my social media handles. And this is season three of Tuti Speaks. And today I have a very, very, very special guest with me, whose name is Hayden. So first of all, like we are trying this podcast from a long time. Yeah, Honi Parata. I think today is the perfect divine timing when it's happening. So thank you, thank you so much, Hayden. And how I know you, I got your contact from Yogesh, the issue, issue, one of my friends. She told mm. me about you, and she. told me that you can speak a very well hindi as well which was kind of inter- uh, like very interesting for me because you are I'm, i mean uh, you don't belong to india as such you came from outside so i do that does not matter i know you must be indian by heart and soul but that so that was like kind of interesting for me so i thought why not to have this podcast with you and know your journey because i recently saw your stories too and got to know that you did a ba in india and you are growing and glowing uh, i mean here so i wanted to know bit of details about your journey so let's start over to you hey and give a bit of intro and we can take it from there yeah yeah so i guess to start my whole journey with india and yoga and hindi and everything really started back whenever i was in high school so when i was 16 i started practicing yoga um almost daily at that point um and i was practicing yoga and meditation and i really really wanted to learn more about it I've always been passionate about mental health and wellness and so when I started my bachelor's degree I originally came in studying psychology to become a mental health therapist um and for that degree you needed a 2 year language credit requirement so okay. I thought you know I'm from Texas in there because we're close to Mexico most people learn Spanish and so a lot of people already know Spanish so they make the Spanish classes they're very difficult So I thought I don't want to take those classes. I don't know any Spanish. They're going to be really hard. And I thought if I'm going to spend 2 years learning a language, I should learn some language uh that's spoken somewhere where I would like to travel. And because of the yoga and the meditation, I thought, "Oh, I would really love to travel to India one day to be able to study yoga, learn about all of this like from its roots." Um and so I just like did a quick Google search and I was like, "What is the most common language spoken in India?" <laughs> and of course hindi was the first result so actually all the hindi classes were filled at that point so i like emailed the professor and i was like please let me into your class and so she let me in um and the very first class that i took i was so overwhelmed because it was immersion on the very first day so she just starts walking in and she's like namaste mera naam gautami ji you know and like i'm like what is this i didn't even know how to say like hana in hindi like didn't couldn't say anything at all um so the first year was really challenging but because it was such an intense language program i learned really quickly um and by the end of the two year language credit i was pretty conversational in hindi sorry my cat is <laughs> no problem yeah getting into things. Um it was pretty conversational at that point at the end of the 2 years. Um and I wanted to continue learning. So instead of doing a minor with my degree, um because there was no Hindi minor, I decided to double major in Hindi. So I continued to study Hindi for two more years in college and completed a bachelor's degree in Hindi. I got very interested in Hindi literature, especially 
um, stories, for, short stories about partition. I read a lot. Um, I wow. took a class on Bhakti literature, really fell in love with Kabir and Mirabai, all yeah. of that. Um, and also like Nay Kahani stories. Um, I started reading Chayavad poetry. I did some research on um, Nirala, the poet. Um, so I got very, very into Hindi literature, all of that, learning about everything India, even in the modern society, the politics, cultural issues, things going on. Um, and then I guess to backtrack a little bit, the summer after my sophomore year of college, I went to India for the first time. So it was summer of 2019. I did my yoga teacher training, my 200 hour yoga teacher training in Rishikesh. So that okay. was the first time I came to India. Wow. Um, and I wanted to come back. Like I didn't want to leave, but I had to leave because my college classes were starting again. Um, and I wanted to come back, but then there was the pandemic. And so for like two years, I could not come mm. um, because of travel restrictions and everything. And then fall of 2021, finally, tourist visas became available again. And so I came back again, December of 20. Yeah, December of 2021, I came back wow. um, to do my 300-hour yoga teacher training in Rishikesh as well. Okay. So, and then uh, after that, I was there for about six weeks in 2021, beginning of 2022. Then I came back again um, at the end of last year. So, yeah, I came basically in between for America, Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> um, so end of November, towards the end of December, I was in India for four weeks. I went, I stayed in Delhi for some time. Um, and then I went through Rajasthan, did a few trips. We went to Jaipur, um, wow. Jodhpur, Udaipur. And then I came down to Mumbai um, and left India through Mumbai. So, and then now, <laughs> finally, um, in May of this year, so May of 2023, I have shifted to India um for the next two years at least um, i'm staying in mumbai right now i'm attending the yoga institute in santa cruz there i'm in a two-year um, 900 hour yoga teacher training there okay. um, so that's i guess the very i guess summary of my story um from beginning to end but yeah I don't know if you have any questions or like. Yeah, I would to like to talk. Questions. Yeah, indeed, I, I would like to talk more about it. So first of all, I want to ask, like, I might be having different questions. You may choose to answer. If you don't want to, that is completely okay. I mean, we can keep talking more. First of all, like, what visa you have currently? Is it a study visa that you are here on? Uh, and I'm, because, like, I don't know what all the things, because we live here, so I have less idea that how can other people come in and study and do things. Yes, yes. So right now I'm on a student visa. So okay. in India, there's a list of a few recognized uh, yoga institutions that teach about yoga and meditation, Buddhist mm -hmm. philosophy, these kinds of things mm -hmm. that have been identified by the Indian government and are mm -hmm. authorized to issue student visas. So mm -hmm. for like my 200 and 300 hour yoga programs, those are only for a month, basically at a time. Mm -hmm. And so you, you just go on a tourist visa for things like that. But okay. because this program is longer than six months, hmm. you can only stay for 180 days as a foreigner in India on most visas. Okay. Like as a tourist, hmm. in a year, you can only be for 180 days. Hmm. So I'm on a student visa, which allows me to stay for the duration of my program. So right now it's valid for one year. 
Hmm. But I just have to renew it. Like, I just have to go to um, the NCAA and show I'm still in my program, give verification of all that, and then they'll renew the visa for another year. Hmm. But, yeah, that's how that works. Okay, Okay, great. So you can't work here? You can't work here? No, I cannot work here at all. Hmm. Um, That Hmm. would be in violation of the student visa. The only work I can do is, like, an internship directly a part of like the educational program I'm in Mm. um so yeah I you know so many people are like oh we want you to teach yoga classes here and I'm like I I was like asking are you teaching as well that's what my question was so you can't do that so I do teach but I work completely out of the U.S. remotely um because otherwise I would like if I am interacting with the local economy here in any way that's where things start to get like Okay. So okay. I I teach I specialize mostly in doing chair yoga with seniors. Okay. So I work with private clients and we do one-on-one classes um, okay. remotely from the US. Okay. And then I so also you, some you, other, you like, only take care of US citizens only. Like if you're taking classes, you're making sure that those are US citizens living in their country and then they're paying you in dollars only. Yeah, either U.S. or, like, basically any other country but India. Not (laughs) Just because, yeah, if I were to take on clients living in India, Hmm. you know, like, I'll have to file tax returns to the Indian government because I'll be here for longer than 180 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means, yeah, that if they see I'm making money in India, I could get in trouble with my visa. So, Hmm. you know, as much as I wish I could teach yoga (laughs) classes here and with Indian clients, it's just... As long as I'm on this visa, it's not possible for now. Got it, got it. Okay, so now the second question which came into mind was, do you believe in past life by somehow? Do you? I don't know. You know, I really have Mm -hmm. not strong beliefs about the... I will will tell you why I'm asking this. The reason I'm asking is I feel you have a strong past life connect with someone or somewhere related to this country. This is what I I am feeling right now. That is something which is very strong, which got attracted you working here, especially things like yoga, because these are very old. uh, I mean, very old and imbibed in the culture from the longest time. So I feel there was some connection which was which was which is that strong, which got you attracted here. So that's why I was asking it. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. Please feel free to share. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I also (laughs) I've been told this before by like certain like yoga teachers and things that I've interacted with. They're like, you must have some strange karmas that have brought you to this country. And and I'm like, yeah, the thing is, is I like try to be humble about it because there's so many different like religious philosophies and ideologies and everything. Like I've grown up in the U.S., Um, My parents are Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm not personally Christian, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of the religious background I grew up in. Mm -hmm. I was also a part of the Baha'i community for some time. I've interacted with them. I don't know if you're familiar, but Mm -hmm. they have their own philosophy and everything. Mm -hmm. I've had friends who are Muslim. I've obviously been very imbibed in like the Hindu culture and traditions as well through my studies and Mm -hmm. friendships with people here. And I really see like wisdom and insight and common like core beliefs and core philosophies between almost every spiritual tradition there is um and I think the finer details of it like as normal human beings as like non-enlightened beings I think it's a little bit I don't know beyond my scope 
to say like this is how it is or this is how it isn't I think the core principles of like how do you be a good person mm-hmm. what are the good things to do in a day-to-day life true regardless of what happens you true. know even if there is no afterlife true I think Amazing. it's about just living your life in a day-to-day basis to where you're taking care of your mental physical spiritual health and that you're doing something day-to-day to make the world around you a better place, to make the people in your life a little bit happier, make their lives a little bit more easy. And I think for me, mm-hmm. focusing on that, I'm like the rest of the stress about which philosophy is correct, mm-hmm. all the different rules and things like that. There's also a thing I love about yoga mm-hmm. because I think as a practice, it's very much try it and see what works for you. Like there's all these practices, all these different advices and guidance that's been given and tried and tested for thousands of years but at the end of the day they say every person's different every individual is different and you have to try a practice and understand the area in which you live the circumstances in your life the time of year um, and even the way that society changes over time is going to change how any practice is going to affect you so you have to be logical you have to be practical and try things and see okay is this helping is it not helping and just adjust you know Mm. so I really like this kind of it's one of my favorite things about yoga that it's very rational in that way Mm -hmm. so two things I want to tell you first of all you said that being non-enlightened I feel you are very much enlightened I feel that you are quite to a stage like uh, seeing you so young like I feel you are very young right now and for that kind of age you are like much more than an enlightened being because the kind of thoughts you are having like taking care of your spiritual mental and personal health I mean it takes a lot to reach to at that stage and I can personally tell that and you already being there I feel you are very 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 much enlightened than <laughs> most of the people even living here in the country and into the culture from longest you are very much enlightened being so Thank you for sharing those those thoughts. And I think I am very sure yoga has contributed a lot to yoga as a part of it. And sorry, I'm speaking in Hindi because I know you no, know about it. Can <laughs> yeah, you can talk a little Hindi. Mein baat karte Say something. You were saying something. What were you talking about? I didn't say anything. Okay. So how are you feeling living in Mumbai? Okay, you have seen Delhi now. You have seen Delhi now. You have seen Haan. Mumbai now. So there is a whole Delhi and Mumbai, India, and Delhi versus Mumbai thing is always there. Ki Delhi mein hai, Mumbai mein hai. It, it keep on going, like, ye thoda sa chalta hai. So how do you uh, feel about, how was your experience in Delhi, now living in Mumbai? Can you share, like, your thoughts? Okay, I can talk a lot about this. Because, so I've spent a good amount of time in both cities. So my partner is from Delhi. So mm. I've spent, probably in my life, about three weeks total which isn't a ton of time, but a decent amount of time in Delhi. Um, and uh, I'm living in Mumbai now for the last three months. And to be honest, I do prefer Delhi as a city to Mumbai. <laughs> Just, and uh, hmm. Mumbai's grown on me. The first time I came, I was like, oh my God, I don't want to stay. <laughs> it was the first city that I had gone to in India that I was like, I don't know if I like this place. Um <laughs> Just because I think, like, Delhi, I really like the metro there. Like, I hate driving. The roads mm-hmm. really make mm-hmm. me feel tensed. Mm-hmm. And so I really like the metro. Like, I feel safe there. It's so cheap and easy to get across the city, quick, convenient. And you mm-hmm. can walk. Like, there's so many pretty parks. And, like, I really like going on walks outside. 
there's footpaths in many places in Delhi. There's Lodi Garden, so many different nice, places. you know, places for you to just go and enjoy nature. Mumbai is so expensive just to go from one side of the city to the other. Do that. You know, hmm. I'll, you know, go, I stay in Chambur and then my classes are in Santa Cruz. You know, it's hmm. usually like 150, 200 rupees one way hmm. by auto to get there. And I just think I'm like, Delhi, this would be 50 rupees with the metro. (laughs) Yeah, so there's that thing. And like the weather also in Mumbai is so humid. Mm. Um, So there's that. But I will say the thing that I really like about Mumbai, which I don't think in India, is like the diversity. You know, Mm. you're in Delhi, Bangalore, whatever. You're going to find people who are very strongly like either North or South Indian majority. Of course, mm. there's some mix, mm. but there's a predominance of mm. certain like cultural groups within India. But in Mumbai, you come, there's people from all different parts of India, even different parts of the world. You know, you have Portuguese, Farsis, every, you know, True. so many mm. different groups of people in mm. India. So you can learn about different people, different experiences, even the food. You can see it in different recipes that have developed here. I mean, you can get good North Indian and South Indian food both in Mumbai. Like, it's so I really like that, you know, mm-hmm. about the cities. I feel I just, Delhi. I feel Delhi is a slight free and more spacious. I feel Mumbai support dreams much better. I mean, if you are in a city like this, you will outgrow yourself every single day. That's what I feel. I mean, it it, it challenges you to an aspect where you have to grow. Apke lava, apke pas koi aur chance hi nahi bajega. That. Delhi is still, Delhi still like you be in your comfort zone and yeah, chill a bit. But Mumbai will never make you, <laughs> I mean that. It will challenge your dreams every single day. So you have to outgrow yourself every single day. And I think, yeah, these this is like, there is a separate beauty of each city. But yeah, and I live in, I mean, I've been a Delhi born and I live nearby. Like I live in NCR. So that way I love Delhi more. But yeah, mm. uh, I, I think Mumbai supports dreams much better than Delhi because you have to outgrow yourself. Anyways, uh, this discussion can be endlessly taken care. I mean, can <laughs> can and can, can endlessly be there. Okay. So now let's talk about yoga more, right? How how was mm. like? I personally feel yoga is the only thing which can help you grow to a level you can ne- never imagine. Like on personally, like the flex, the the kind of. I mean, you you outstretch your own limits. I am not a mm-hmm. co- like regular yoga practitioner, but I love to do yoga. Like I try to do it as much as possible. So, what are your opinions on that? And especially when you started at such early age of your like young school huh. or something, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I think there's like two areas where you can look at it. One is the physical transformation, mm. of course, mm. and one is the uh, mental, spiritual, like emotional kind of changes you experience from yoga mm-hmm. and meditation. Because like, so there's asanas, mm-hmm. of course. And if I speak about my physical, like transformation from yoga, like whenever I first started practicing, I like could not even touch my toes with my legs straight bending over. I could not do a single taranga. Like if you practice yoga, like a yoga push-up basically could not do a single one like I would come not even halfway down and just fall on the floor you know (laughs) and I would say it was probably like two years of Mm. consistent practice before I could even do pretty intermediate asanas correctly Mm. you know Mm. um 
but then now it's been, I don't know, six, seven years that I've been practicing. Um, just being consistent. I have been able to do things physically that I never ever, I like, I'm not an athletic person mm-hmm. by nature. Like I never did any sports as a kid or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. was very weak, lazy kind of person mm-hmm. before doing yoga. Mm-hmm. And it really has transformed my physical health. And in a way that I really like, because I think that yoga is, again, it's a science of well-being. And it's mm-hmm. there for us in every physical condition we can be in our life, in every mm-hmm. age, health level, yoga is there and it can be adapted. So, you know, I'm young and fit or whatever. So the type of way I may practice right now is different, but it's like a practice that can go with you until your very last days, mm-hmm. keeping your body healthy. Like mm-hmm. that's what I love about working with the seniors as well is because like designing and teaching a class for their body and their needs Hmm. completely different than the way that I practice for myself but it's the same overall benefits and I think physically yoga is like different than like going to the gym or something because Hmm. it's functional movements Hmm. it helps you prevent injuries it helps you be able to just go and live your life like I have a friend another yoga practitioner she was saying you know I was going trekking one Hmm. weekend and I thought if I had done this before I started practicing yoga regularly I wouldn't have been able to do the trek I would have been miserable the whole time Mm. but because I'm doing asanas regularly Mm. I was able to do it no problem Mm. so it's things like that like I think I do yoga because I want to be able to run around with my grandkids when I'm 60 you know and have a good time or like go on a hike enjoy nature like it's about the day-to-day like Mm. things like that so Mm. that's it I'll say in the physical sense in the mental sense yoga is so much more than like we have you know Patanjali is Ashtang yoga mm-hmm. there are eight limbs and asana is only the third you know you have all the yamas and niyamas and that's the number one thing I think even if you can't practice asanas if you just pick one yama one niyama mm-hmm. to practice you know mm-hmm. each day for a month I think even that will transform your mindset you know, and transform your life, really, you know, like, I know, so this was back in 2019, I did set this kind of, like, challenge for myself, I was, like, each week, I would dedicate for two months to one yama or one niyama, so I, like, would start with ahimsa, you know, okay, so wow. this week, I'm gonna be completely, everything I do, try to be nonviolent. like, the thoughts inside my head, you wow. can't be self-critical, if you hear yourself being that way, you have to stop, if you are annoyed with another person, try to have some empathy, you know, when you catch yourself doing that, put yourself in their shoes a little bit, you know, if mm. you do have a problem, how can you communicate it in a way that's kind, you know, while yeah. still being, having self-respect, but in a way that's not, you know, violent towards another person. Then the next week, Satya, how can I be as honest and precise in everything I do you know whether it's the way I show up with my work whether it's I'm making plans with somebody if I say I'm going to be here at this time how can I make sure that I uphold any kind of promise or commitment I make to somebody like and so on and so forth like and that really in like two months had such a big impact on my life just trying to focus on that you know so much more than any asanas Mm -hmm. have had to be honest um Mm -hmm. And of course, then you go to like meditation and things and like, to be honest, the asanas, the meditation practice, like life goes in waves. So there's been times where I've been like really, really dedicated and practiced yeah, you know, for long happens. periods and mm. most days of the week. 
there's other times where like life happens and it's like okay I practice asanas like two times this week and like I meditated for five minutes but like it's about doing something you know like any little thing that you can do on any amount of consistency like say like look at a week if you can practice asanas one hour a week and that's it that's better than doing nothing you know mm-hmm. or if you can practice 10 minutes a day seven days a week that's but just like looking at what is my life look like like right now what right. Mm-hmm. It, that's consistent for me it doesn't matter if it's every day it doesn't matter if it's just something and the same thing with meditation you know if we look at our phones and track how much time we spend on social media right. for mm-hmm. sure we can carve out five minutes where we would have been watching reels or something to sure. sit and just watch our breath you know Or just sit and play some bhajans or something and just listen as mindfully as possible for five minutes, you know, once in the morning or something or once in the afternoon, whatever works. But, you know, or even, you know, there's this concept of informal mindfulness. So even if you don't have time outside. Sorry, can you repeat that again? Which what what you said? Yeah. So there's also this concept, which I like to share with people a lot of formal versus informal mindfulness. Okay. So formal mindfulness practices are like sitting down to do an actual meditation. Okay. You know, like maybe you're focusing on your breath, maybe you're chanting some mantra, what, mm. maybe you're doing pratak, whatever. That's like a formal meditation practice. But informal meditation or mindfulness practices are just taking some activity which Hayden, sorry, you were telling about the informal meditation. We can continue from there. There was some glitch that happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was saying informal mindfulness is something I really like to share with people because it's really approachable. It doesn't take any extra time out of your day. So it's just taking some activity that you're already doing on a regular basis and doing it with full attention and no distractions. So it could be something as simple as taking a shower in the morning. Don't play any music. And while you're in there, don't be mindless about taking the shower. Really focus on the feeling of the water on your hair, the smell of whatever soaps or whatever you're using. Just be fully, fully present and try to notice everything that's happening during the shower. Or while you're having a meal, you know, trying not to speak to anybody. Don't watch TV while you're eating. Just sitting down and completely noticing everything that's happening. Or even on the commute is another option. You know, if you're driving or, you know, in some local train, whatever, in an auto, just, again, not listening to any music, not doing everything else, just noticing everything happening around you, noticing the conversations of the people around you, the feeling of the seat, the weather, whatever it is, just completely being present. And it's good to pick uh, an activity that you do every day, you know. And just make that one activity something that every day you do with no distraction and full presence. And Mm -hmm. I find that honestly, even beyond the formal mindfulness practices, if I am consistent about having some kind of informal mindfulness, it really trails off into the rest of the day, especially if it's something in the morning, you know, like I used to do mindful breakfasts, you know, and I would just sit there and have my breakfast in silence you know, and just be really, really slow about how I ate, notice every single bite beginning to end, you know. And the whole rest of the day, I felt so much more focused, so much less anxious, you know. And then whenever I actually did do a meditation practice, it was more like I felt 
more in shape for it. Like I noticed fewer thoughts coming up. It was easier to focus. Um, like I hear like some meditations have described like this informal versus formal mindfulness is like the equivalent of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator is like informal fitness, you know, mm. or um, whereas like actually doing an exercise is like time you're carving out to specifically mm. do it or, you know, choosing to walk instead of take an auto somewhere if it's close oh. enough is informal fitness. You know, mm -hmm. you're not doing an exercise class, but it's something small little things that over time help maintain your fitness level. Same mm -hmm. thing here. It's just little micro decisions you make throughout the day that I think can really make a difference. So mm. yeah, this is really amazing. I totally love this concept. I, I will try to do it maybe by brushing my teeth while I'm brushing my teeth or maybe mm. showering from tomorrow. Because, yeah, I think this is really nice. I generally listen some bhajans while I'm showering, but I think I'll try this, like not even listening those and doing the everything with mindfulness. Maybe I'll try this tomorrow onwards. Yeah. Hmm. Even bhajans would be fine. But I mean, if that's like part of the noise in the environment, hmm. then like that's fine too, you know? Hmm. Just, but like being really mindful of the... Because I hmm. think what happens hmm. is it's really hard for us to be in silence. You know, mm. or you, like we want to fill up, you know, we want to mm. have some podcast playing in the background. Mm. You're driving, mm. you want to hear some music. Like we don't want to just be alone with our thoughts, so you true. know. Mm. So I think it's good to have just some time of the day where it's mm. whatever I'm doing, I'm just going to be here while I'm doing it. You know, true. I'm making dinner. I'm just mm. going to pay attention to the feeling of all the different sabzis as I'm cooking. I'm going to pay attention to the smell as I put each different spice, mm. you know. Mm into mm. the pan like things like that it actually makes the activity so much more joyful mm. you know like yeah. if you spend time around little kids you mm. notice how you take them on a walk all the little yeah. things they get so excited yeah. about mm. it's like you so should true. have that child's mind mm. in whatever activity mm. you want to mm. be mindful in. this i've noticed whenever i take out my niece out sometimes and whenever whenever i'm with her i'm more mindful on noticing things because she's the one who is noticing it more so that's what causing me to notice things more. So I think, yeah, with a child, you can be that person because they are the one who are, who, who are more curious about observing the surroundings. So yeah, great, great, great insights on this one, Hedan. Thank you so much for sharing this. So now I would want to like you, you go to class daily. Do you have a daily class here or you are going alternately? Like how many hours do you spend on those classes? What are your schedules regarding that? Yeah, so for the uh, two-year program that I'm in, it's weekend classes only. So it's Saturday evenings and Sunday mornings. Okay. I go to that yoga school. It's for like mm. three, four hours. Mm. Um, I'm there Saturday, Sundays. Mm. Um, and then there's also some work that you do outside of the program. Mm. You know, like you do some volunteering and internship mm. type work. Mm. Um, and so that's, I haven't gotten quite into that just yet because I've only started the program. But as you mm. move through it, mm. um, there's also things during the week that kind of on your own time, whether it's preparing presentations, doing certain okay. homeworks, okay. Um, or like doing volunteer activities in the community. Mm. Like that's also a part of the program. But as far as classes, mm. yeah, it's just Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Okay. So how does like you go, like in the week you prep up, you do your practices, flexing and all that your own meditations and that's what you do in the normal weekdays yeah so in the normal weekdays I have my own you know asana meditation practice and stuff and I, I work 
remotely so mm. yeah um, you told that. that's yeah. what I spend most of the weekdays doing <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. you know like the rest mm. of us yeah, 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 doing yeah. my job and mm-hmm. taking care of the house and everything taking care of the house so how do you like you like gro- going to grocery shopping here the sabji shopping here do you do that quite often or weekly how do you do that yeah so oh my gosh people are gonna hate me for saying this but this is one of the big cultural differences i think between india <laughs> in the u.s i don't know about other countries where they fall in this but like in India, everybody's so like, food must be fresh, 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 you know, like yeah. I need a freshly made meal for every meal. Whereas in the US, we love leftovers, you know, <laughs> and I think part of it is because like in the US, house help is not affordable for yeah, most true. families. And in most families, both the husband and wife work 40 work. to 60 hours a week. Like, yeah. So Correct. there's not time, you know, mm. to be cooking three fresh meals a day so a lot of the times like whenever I was growing up my mom would cook Mm. you know dinner but she would always cook enough for two nights for all of Mm. us to eat so we would have it fresh one night then the next night she would reheat it and we'd Mm. have that for dinner the next night Mm. and so that's how I cook for myself Mm. and everybody in India is like that's so unhealthy Mm. it doesn't become you know Mm. it's not sattvic after you've reheated it and I thought what I always say is I'm like I'm not cooking every night so I have some (laughs) options I was like is it what's the most unhealthy option is to eat out pizza but have it fresh <laughs> or to have home cooked food like have dal kitchen that's one day old so I just think I'm like I would rather cook one night yeah. and then have I don't know we'd have different ideals it would be mm-hmm. ideal to have fresh food every day but mm-hmm. I just can't bring myself to cook every single day yeah I guess yeah, this this yoga school I met they say if you cook food in a bad mood yeah. And it's summer sick. And I said, well, if I have to cook every single day, I'll be in a bad mood. So <laughs> it's unhealthy anyway. <laughs> I can, no, so this, like, I can understand, like, like, our parents, they cook fresh. But if somebody has to tell me that you have to uh, prep for three meals and cook three meals, I'll be like, no, I, I don't want to do it. Then I'll be eating the leftovers as well. So now, yeah. A bit of trend has changed in India too because of people like us, like the mm. younger generations. But yeah, still we prefer to do it like uh, at least on daily basis. But yeah, I, I can understand it. It's a tough activity to cook every single meal. And then you have better option like going for breads and all, uh, eating breads and having some something milk along or chai along or coffee along. Yeah, so yeah. I order groceries. I don't know. I don't have a specific routine. I usually do like a big grocery order on Sundays. Like I'll plan out what all am I going to make this week for dinner. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll order groceries accordingly. There's some things though that like will go bad by the end of the mm. week. So I'll um, wait until midweek and I'll do another order. Mm. Um I mostly use uh, grocery delivery apps just because, uh, um, you know, if I go to a local market, people really try to upcharge me oh. on all of the produce. Uh, yeah, yeah, got it, got it. So and you like, can't oh, bargain. You you don't bargain, right? You don't have I can capacity. try, but the thing is, is I'm like, I just don't want to deal with all this stress. <laughs> yeah. like, so um, blink it somewhere locked. where there's yeah. a fixed price, I don't yeah so blanket or maybe i mean whatever milk basket or whatever works for you yeah i use swiggy, swiggy uh, yeah. mostly the instamart, instamart but, yeah. yeah so that's how i do groceries that is but, a better option 
Hmm. So, like, we are reaching towards the end of the podcast. Uh, uh, two things I want to ask first is, uh, if you want to share like your upcoming plans after the your student visa is completed, only if you want to share. Second, any last notes for listeners regarding yoga or India or whatever you want to to those two things. So one by one, you can go ahead with that. Okay, I guess so. I'll just start with what are my plans for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I am in this program for the next two years, so I should finish around May of 2025. Mm-hmm. So till then, I'll be in India doing this program. Um, like I mentioned, I teach classes online as well as do some other freelance work. Um, I'm planning on in the next year to beginning a master's of social work program because ultimately, like my long term goal is to combine yoga and mindfulness with therapy to be a mental health therapist yeah. and kind of combine these practices for like a more holistic approach to you know, mental well-being and everything. Um, so that's kind of in my plans for the future. Um, in terms of like living in India, I'll be here for at least two years, but for my master's, I'll most likely have to go back to the U.S. for some time um, because of how licensing works and everything for psychologists in the U.S. Um But after I'm done with that, I don't know. I'll decide what I want to do. (laughs) Um, To be honest, like, I would probably prefer to settle somewhere in India. But it depends on a lot of factors, right? Like, it comes down to, like, family, career, like, even things like climate change and everything in the next 10, 20 years. Like, I'm from Texas, and it's already getting so much hotter there. Like, I don't even know how livable that state is going to be in 30 years you know so there's just so many things I can't say exactly where I'll be but I think that's not important like I try to just say like these are my values these are the non-negotiables for me and then as life comes up I'll make decisions according to those but you can't plan so rigidly um but yeah that's I guess my plans for the future Right now, I'm also sharing things on Instagram, and I've started YouTube as well. So my wow. username there is um, Hayden.Maples on both platforms. It's H-A-I-D-E-N.Maples, M-A-P-L-E-S. I will specify your details. Don't worry. I will do that in the description. Everything. Okay. So I'll, I'll try to market it wherever possible. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I'm just sharing things there. Um And I guess as far as like anything to say about yoga and meditation for the viewers, India, everything, um, as far as yoga and meditation, I would say it's really easy to kind of get obsessed with being so esoteric and being really like, I'm going to be a sadhak every day. But I think that's honestly not sustainable for most people. I think it's about saying what is the bare minimum that I can do on a regular basis so that the actual life I'm living day to day I can be the best version of myself or a little bit better of a version of myself. Because the fact is, as society, we can't have everybody withdraw and become ascetics. You know, we can't. All, that's not the purpose of this life. But I think yoga is a great tool for us to live day to day better, you know, mm-hmm. and overall to have a more peaceful, more agreeable, more conscious society. So I would just say, look into what's one thing I can do even a small commitment for the next one month, you know, and just commit to making that one small change. And then after the next month, maybe add another, but not putting so much pressure, make it simple, make it easy. 
and go from there. And I think little changes have big impacts over time when you can be consistent about it. And then as far as India, I know we're getting towards the end of the podcast, so I will try no, to be no, brief take, about take your time. this. No, no hurry. Go ahead. Yeah, I will try to be brief, but um, I will say that I think, you know, whenever I told my parents and like friends and family that I was going to move here for two years, um, they were all, of course, surprised. And especially the people who didn't know me as well and know this like uh, obsession I have with India were even more surprised. And like people have this hard time understanding, you know, especially people who haven't been to India before. And even like Indians themselves message me quite frequently and they're like, I am wanting to move to the US and you're a pe- someone from the US wanting to move to India. I don't understand it, you know. Um, but I think two things this is one of the people really underestimate what a good country India is, you know. Um, and I think also people in the West really overestimate how much they need to be happy, you know. Mm. Um, I think there's so much in India that to mm. me makes my quality of life better here than it is in the United States. And mm. to be fair, I do come in with a lot of financial privilege, you mm. know, mm. like I've been earning in dollars. I have fit my parents who earn in dollars. And so mm. I can afford a lifestyle here in India that's much better than what a lot of people can afford. So that, you know, caveat has to be said. But I'm saying as someone who can, you know, have like a middle class lifestyle here, the ways and like the type of community that exists in India doesn't exist anywhere else in the world, I don't think. You know, like in the US, people very much stick to each other. They're not nearly as friendly. You know, things are very formal and things are very, very rigid you know, like in terms of work and school and everything, like I think the kind of workaholism and stuff that exists, not that that doesn't exist in India, but I think there's also much more of an appreciation for like, we're living in nature and you can't, you know, artificially create life and structures in society and life is going to happen and there has to be room for like, a cow's going to cross the street and we're all just gonna have to stop for it and we're gonna be 15 minutes late to work like that's just what's gonna happen whereas in the U.S. you show up 15 minutes late and like you're in trouble you know so there's like things like this and I mean even just simple things like being able to go have street food and things like that doesn't exist in the U.S. and like again like yoga and hindi literature and just the connections with people you're learning about the history the politics everything about india i think the kind of richness that exists in this society is so profound you know in a way and i'm so excited in my lifetime to see like india's grown so much in the last you know what like 60 years or so since independence and uh, I'm very, very excited to see like in the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, how much India is going to grow and change. Because I think, you know, I was talking to a friend a couple weeks ago, like the kind of perception that some foreigners have had about India, like my parents' generation, I think is really, really starting to shift. And I think, you know, the kinds of innovations that I see India doing in terms of technology, in terms of education, in terms of art and culture whenever you have so many of the challenges, you know, 
that India has going up against the amount of like creativity and like jugada that you have to do to like become one of the biggest players in the global economy and all of this. I think so many Western countries are going to start looking to India for inspiration, for guidance, for learning. And so I would just say, like, I love this country. I think people sometimes can undervalue it. And of course, there are like very real realities that like make living here very, very difficult for a lot of people. And that's like not to discredit that. But I think there's also so much to be appreciated and valued. Like myself and so many foreigners I know come to this country and just love it. And then they go back to foreign countries and they're just like, I feel so lonely and sad and stressed and pressured all the time. And so, you know, I just think there's a lot to be, I know I'm not being very organized in how I'm saying this, but I just think that India is a very, very unique country and it has a lot of uniqueness and a lot of special things that you can't get really anywhere else. Um, Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. I feel very lucky to be able to live here and, I think everybody who's been lucky enough to be born here, you know, everything else sustaining should take some time to also feel really yeah. independence just day just passed. So just, you mm-hmm. know, feel grateful about it. It's, it's a very, very special place to be in the world, I think. That's great. Amazing. I'm feeling overwhelmed listening. There was a point in my time where I wanted to move to US and there was a t- point in time when I moved, wanted to move to Canada or Australia as well. But uh, now if I look back, I'm, I feel really lo- lucky that that didn't happen. I mean, I think that was a blessing in disguise automatically for me. So I'm happy living here and I mean, things are better. And even I look forward for what is upcoming for India in like upcoming years as well. So thank you so, so, so much, Hayden, for being part of this podcast. And I will specify all your details like YouTube, Instagram. (laughs) And uh, I look forward for talking to you again in upcoming years, maybe after you are done with your studies and all. So thank you so much. Thanks to all the listeners for listening to us. So you want to say thank you, uh, maybe, and then maybe we can end it. All right. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm so glad we finally got to talk after so many months yeah. of going back and forth. Yeah. So thank you so much, listeners, for listening to us. And on that note, stay happy, stay blessed, and most importantly, stay grateful. I'll see another one. Bye.